What's good, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Hoopplex, where we talk about basketball and wrestling unscripted and uncensored. My name is Jarrell Thomas. My name is Jonathan Brown. I'm Damon Creighton. And I'm Jalen Horn. All right, now we were going to originally talk about the WNBA first, but for time purposes, because Jalen got to go a little bit early, we got to talk about this playing. Um, Adam Silver, don't ever do this again. Don't don't ever do this again. Um, only one of my predictions went right, and it was the Wizards beating the Pacers. But the Wizards shouldn't have even had to face the Pacers because they should. I know I know Tatum has sixty and all. I mean, yeah, that was cool. You know, Tatum is an upcoming superstar. We get that. We get that. But there is no reason why Cardio Kimball, who is known for choking, should have went off like that. I'm sorry, Russ and Brad. I'm disappointed in you. Um, I don't even want to get into that Lakers versus Warriors game because I'm I'm still pissed off about that. Um, Brian, I love you, but that was soft. This man faked the eye injury. Like this man literally said, "I saw three rims and just aimed for the middle one, and just, just like that was supposed to just fly." No, that that was bull. The refs gave the Lakers that game. Golden State should be the seventh seed. They should be in the playoffs anyway. But Draymond and Wiggins, no comment, no comment. But what 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 did y'all think about this uh, this embarrassment of a playing tournament? Uh, Jalen, you can start it off. Um, I don't like it. Um, I I Stephen, I wanted the Warriors to win. I didn't like it. I don't like how the seventh and eighth seed played. And not the seventh and tenth, and then yeah. eighth and the ninth. Yeah. Like I just don't get that. Uh, I'm I'm just not a fan of it. Like I I didn't like how they had LA and Golden State play, and then like the referees, man, they just they just weren't good in the playing. It was just really you know a lot of weird calls and stuff like that, and then you got teams who. Should have already been in like the seventh and eighth seed. Exactly. I, I'm just not a fan of it, and I'm a little biased because the Warriors lost. Um, and Memphis, is, God, Memphis is in the playoffs, but I just didn't like it because I just think it should be seventh and tenth and eighth and ninth. That's like my major issue with the playing tournament. Yeah, that's what I thought. That's what the original format was going to be, but then they just it wasn't that. But you know, I. I, I can't speak for what Adam Silver's thoughts were. But, uh, John, what did you think? Uh, I liked it. I liked it. I have. And uh, it brought intensity. It brought intensity to the game. It brought excitement. Like, all right, I'm watching the game. I'm excited. And it was a playoff atmosphere. It was our spot. To be in the playoffs or on the line, so we're going to take it seriously. So I liked it. I had fun. Um, just seeing everybody just react to the Warriors and Lakers game, everybody had fun. That that definitely drew a lot of ratings. And Adam Silver was going to look at that and be like, "Look what I did! Look what I created!" Everybody had. Look, I mean, we had the Warriors and Lakers in the first play-in tournament. I mean, come on now, that play-in tournament is here to stay. It's here to stay. Uh, I don't know about that, but uh, Damien, what 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 you think? 
Yeah, um, I think in theory the play-in sounds really good. I agree that it should be this a seven and ten and eight and nine kind of thing. It would I would have liked the Warriors to win, but I'm glad that Grizzlies are in. A bunch of young guys getting some playoff experience right off the bat. I think that would be cool. I think my major beef with it is the fact that because they're the seven and eight seed now, they now I think today have to play the two the two seeds that just had a whole week off and um, so now they're beat up and bruised from playing two games right off the bat um who won out the east the wizards right yeah um yeah i was gonna say i think my biggest surprise was uh indiana i didn't think indiana was gonna play that well um brog didn't really um stepped up considering he'd missed like the last 10 games but I think I think this playoffs is going to be a lot of fun to watch. I agree that the ratings for these games were high. There's a lot of must see people in this, so I think it's it's they're gonna it's gonna keep going. Yeah, I I agree. Like the ratings did go through the roof for the plan, but I just don't like the whole formatting of it. Like, cause a lot of those teams, like we gonna be in a situation where the the refs gonna kind of sell because. This that is going to be that team that should be in the playoffs because they have a superstar on the roster, and it's not going to look right. You know, they they weren't going to do the playoffs without LeBron. They they weren't going to do it. But on the note of since the playing is finally over, we officially have our playoff brackets. So now we got we're going to give you our official playoff predictions. Um, starting off with Philly versus Washington. Um. I like the Wizards. I do. I love Russ and Brad Bill. But come on, Philly, Philly it is their time. It's their time. They're not going to get to the finals, but it is their time to actually, you know, go all the way through the playoffs. You know, get a good series, get a good first two series, go to Brooklyn, and we'll see from there. But I got Philly on over in that series. The Knicks and the Hawks, I don't know. Um, you know, I'm, I'm happy for the Knicks. Um, they've been a mediocre franchise for a while, but then again, so is Atlanta and just seeing what Nate McMillan has been able to do since he got to the team and having Trey Young, John Collins, Gallo, all these other guys. And I can't believe I'm saying this, but Chris Dunn has actually been like helpful to this team. I can't believe I just said that. I, I cannot believe I just said that. But Chris Dunn has actually been helpful to the team since he's returned. They also have Clint Capella. But, you know, on the Knicks side, they got they got D. Rose and they got Julius Randle, who is going to be most improved player, like playing like the superstar. So I'm going to have to give it to the Knicks. But and then the rest of the East, the Bucks and the Heat, um, I don't trust Giannis. I mean, Drew Holiday, he he makes a big difference for this Milwaukee team, but I don't trust Giannis. Like I saw, I saw it in the game yesterday. Like I know Milwaukee won, but that was because of Chris Middleton. But Giannis, he kept going for the same moves over and over and over again, over and over again. I don't trust him. So I got Miami going over, believe it or not. I I, I think that Giannis is gonna sell again, and Giannis is low key like. 
kind of falling out of the top 10. Kind of. It's not like a thing where he's just plat- like falling off the face of the earth, but it's starting to become a little bit debatable. Like this playoff series will really determine whether he's still in the top 10, at least for me. And then Brooklyn and Boston, come on now. You don't actually think the Celtics are going to be Brooklyn, do you? If you're listening to this podcast and you think Brooklyn is is going to lose to Boston, just 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 unsubscribe, stop listening, just just stop altogether. But those are my predictions for the East. Uh, Damon, we can start with you. What's your predictions for the Eastern Conference playoffs? Uh, for the East, I think I think the toughest one for me is that Wizards, uh, the Wizards and Philly series. Um, I do think, honestly, I want to say, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to take a leap. I'm going to say, I'm going to say, um, I'm going to say Wizards in seven. I think Wizards will win that series. Um, for the Knicks, Hawks, I think the Knicks will probably take that. To, they'll win that in six because, like you said, Julius and D. Rose. And honestly, quietly, um, R.J. Barrett. Yeah. is a huge, huge help in comparison to last year. His his role has stepped up a lot. And um, both teams don't have been kind of out of the playoffs the last few years, but I think the Knicks will end up taking that one. And then I think the Nets in Boston, I think I'll take Brooklyn in five. I think I think Boston will at least win one game, but that's, that's my East. Uh, John? Uh, my East, I got Philly winning in six. I got the Knicks winning in seven. I got Milwaukee winning in seven. And I got Brooklyn winning in five. I can see it. I, I, I could honestly, it's like I got Miami going over, but I could see Milwaukee. Because, I mean, if Chris Middleton plays like he did last night, it's, it's going to be neck and neck. But – Jalen, you're you're up last for the Eastern Conference. I have Miami in six. Uh, the Knicks and the Hawks. I want that to go seven. I don't care who wins that one. But right? just off the strength, I'm picking the Knicks because uh, Derrick Rose on that team. Uh, Knicks in seven, Heat in six, Brooklyn in five. Anything over five is a fit, is a, a waste of time. Uh, who am I missing? Philly. Uh, Philly and Washington, Philly and six. And you know I'm a Westbrook dude, but Philly and six. I, I can't I can't see the Wizards going over Philly. I can't. I, I just can't. But let's move on to the West. And the first series is the series that I really do not care about. The series I'm not going to watch is um, – Utah versus Memphis, um, I don't care. This, this should be Utah versus Golden State, and Golden State should be taking this series win. But I'm just going to say the Jazz and – I'll say Jazz and six, I guess. Um, Clippers and Dallas, I know what I want to happen. I don't know. Um, I feel – I low-key feel like this series might go to seven because, I mean – Paulette, 
Like he he had a decent game last like last night, but I mean that first half was abysmal. So I I don't trust Paul George. I've never trusted Paul George. So I got Dallas in seven. Denver and Portland. Um, I can't bet against the Joker, even though what happened yesterday. You know. Now they they did they woke Melo up in Denver. They did they did, but. I, I can't bet against the Joker, so I'm gonna say Denver in five and Phoenix in LA. Um, Chris Paul, Devin Booker, Aiden, Mikael Bridges. I need y'all to go to work. I'm, I'm I need y'all to absolutely destroy this Lakers team, please for me. Y'all get my pick for the finals, so I'm gonna say Phoenix in six, but. We'll see. We'll we'll see about that last series. But Jalen, you can start off for the West. All right. Uh, Phoenix and six. I gotta pray Phoenix and six. Uh, Portland and Denver. Portland and six. Um, let me see. Portland and six. Phoenix and six. Maybe you know what? I'll say Phoenix and seven. Off the trend is Brian, but. Phoenix in seven, Portland in six, Utah and Memphis. That's NBA TV. I'm not watching that. See, I don't care. I, uh, Utah in five, I guess. Oh, forget. Oh, I hate Memphis, dude. Um, what's the last one? I'm missing one. Uh, oh, oh, I, oh, 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 oh. Well, Paul Letton, his boys. Um, let's see. Um, I want the Mavs to win in six, but. I, I think I think LA's gonna win the series, but it's not gonna be hard, easy to win. So I say, yeah, LA in six, unbiased opinion, biased opinion, Luca in six. Oh, I hate Paul George, bro. Yeah. Paul George slander will be coming more on this podcast. So stay stay Perfect. tuned to later episodes, definitely. But John, what's your picks for the Western Conference? And for the Western Conference, I got Utah in four. Uh, I got Dallas in seven. Uh, I got Portland in seven. And Phoenix, I got y'all in seven. Now, Phoenix, I got something to say. Real basketball fans are depending on you guys. I mean, real basketball fans. I'm talking basketball fans before LeBron James Join the Heat basketball fans. I'm talking on social media, thinking they're the general manager of the league. I am tired of wherever he at fans. I'm tired of them. I'm tired of them. I hate Laker fans now. I was a Lakers fan like 2008, 2011. Okay. I hate 2018 and present Laker fans. They are the worst fans in NBA history. They're the most disgusting, noisy any fan base in American history. They make me sick. Hey. So Phoenix. Yo, I hikey did a whole YouTube video about this. When I said I, I did like the, the top five most toxic fan bases in the NBA. And I said the entire state of California, minus the Kings, you know, because if you're a Kings fan, 
you're you're just I don't believe you watch basketball for real. But you know, we that nah. You know I'm not even gonna talk about the Kings. But Damon, what's your predictions for the West side of the playoffs? Uh yeah, so the Phoenix Lakers series is definitely gonna go to seven. Um I'm praying that Phoenix can pull this up. Um Utah and Memphis. I guess Jazz in five. Um, who else is it? Um, I would say I'm gonna say the Nuggets in six. I think Dame will probably grab one more from them. And I guess, I guess Clippers in six. It would be cool to really see Luca and them go, but I don't. I don't think they're gonna be able to. But yeah, that's my. Oh, am I missing something? No, I'm not. No, you got to wait. So. With you having the Clippers going over, you you trust Paul George. I trust Kawhi Leonard. And Paul George will be a sidekick and score sometimes, but. I mean, you know, because we did trust Kawhi last season. Well, I didn't, but, you know, most people trusted Kawhi last season. And, you know, like. The championships before, of course, he he did what he needed to do. But, you know, last season, his first season in L.A., he got a little big-headed and everybody trusted him and what happened. In game seven, he shot six for 22. So, I'm nah, I, I don't see the Clippers coming out. But, ladies and gentlemen, you've heard it here first. The entire podcast, we, we're against the Lakers. All right, Phoenix, Chris Paul, I believe in you. All right, now now is your time to go to the finals. You you have been screwed over by playing the best teams in the West at their prime and during their prime, but you got this. You you would you and Devin Booker and Aiden and all those other guys, y'all got this. But now we're moving on to a former NBA player. This this man has been running his mouth, and I loved it. <laughs> What, I'm I'm not even gonna start off. I'm Jayla. You can start this one off, man. Kwame Brown, just just, just <laughs> that man is truly goaded. But Jayla, go go ahead and talk about Kwame. Hey, first off, he shot out Detroit yesterday on Twitter. Sure so did. By default, he sure did. Bro. He's good. With, hey, he's good wherever I'm. He can come wherever he want to. He he can come over here. And his name is Kwame, so you know how Detroit goes with Kwame's. Anyway. <laughs> Um, I don't, I don't mind it. I, I think, I think it's hilarious. And he hasn't said one lie this whole time. I, I love it from the animations, the the accent. I, I love it. I, I don't think Matt Barnes and Steven Jackson can say anything besides, you know, they have championships or one championship each. They play longer, but I told you, you know, I hate Derek Fisher because of that Matt Barnes thing, but I mean, he had Matt Barnes tripping. Like, how do you not go? To, how can you not get inside your own house? Like, come on now. I don't have an issue with it. I think he's fed up. He should be fed up because people have been making fun of him for the past 20 years. And I don't even know. How did he even get brung up, uh, brought up? Was it the Genie Bus interview with all the smoke? Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, so that happened. And he's just fed up. He's a grown man. They're not going to fight him. I wouldn't. 
I want to touch him. I heard he had to. I heard they had to give twenty uh, bodyguards to get him at the club. Yeah, yeah, I'm cool with it. I'm all for it. Bro. I'm 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 with all the smoke. Like Kwame, I said that in the song too. Like two years ago, I'm gonna drop it. Just I'm gonna drop it just because of that. But I'm I'm ready. Yo, I love it. <laughs> I'm yeah, all. Yeah, I just I just find it funny how you know because. I'm not gonna lie, like I used to be a huge Stephen A fan up until like late last year and I started like he got exposed a lot for doing stupid stuff, right? You know, Stephen A, he was the literally the man who made it popular to trash Kwame. Kwame calls him out. Everybody's asking, like, hey Stephen A, what you got to say? What you got to say? He says, I'm not addressing it. That's funny to me. Like, how can you literally be the one who started all of this, and now you ain't even got nothing to say, bro? He been coming at everybody. Like, he he came to Charlemagne. Uh, I don't know why he has a platform at all. He came at Steve Jack, Becky with the good hair. Yo, I'm sorry. Like, I know Jalen love Matt Barnes and all, and he hate Derek Fisher, bro. But Becky with the good hair. I, I don't love. I don't love Matt Barnes. I don't. No, no, no. Got you. Got you. I I, I hate Derek Fisher. So by default, I, I have to like Matt Barnes. Yeah. yeah, there we go. Yeah, bro. That that whole Becky with the good hair thing. That's that's hilarious, though. Well, I'm I'm glad that he's finally speaking out, man. Because everybody been everybody's been dogging Kwame for literally his entire career, and he never spoke up until now. So everybody's saying like, oh, well, this is a cry for help. And it's literally not a cry for help. This man has been holding his tongue for nearly 20 years. And y'all just picked the worst day to piss him off. And now he got the platform. Like he he hopped on the internet and he just went off. So I need that Call Me Brown podcast ASAP. I don't know what we got to do to actually get it done. Like the YouTube lives and IG lives, they're cool, but I need that podcast. So Kwame, if you listen to this, um, hit hit my line. I we we can make that work. But Damon, what do you think about Kwame's Brown situation? Honestly, I think he has every right to come out and speak. And honestly, with the whole talk show, that's why I can't even watch like anything Stephen A is on, any of the undisputed stuff, because like they just be yelling for no reason. But Kwame, I mean, honestly, like I said, he had every reason to be upset because they've been, from the day he joined, they bullied him. They literally, he was 18 years old. And I was just reading a quote from him that they he did an interview, I think, yesterday or the day before, where he was saying, like, they would make him work out for, like, three hours before games just to bench him until they were um, – when they were losing or something. And then they literally, he said that they brought in, uh, they would bring vets in just to foul yeah. and like, just beat him up and Charles Oakley. And like, it's just, they're just doing too much. And you're yelling at this 18 year old who's just getting into, into the league and basically just blackballing him out the league. And I, I mean, he never, he had never shot to really even get to try because I, I mean, he was really good coming into the league, but they didn't want him. So he's with it. He's with the smoke. So yeah, I'm with it. All right, John. Uh, this Kwame Brown situation. Kwame Brown. Uh, 
you know, we haven't heard from him. We haven't heard from him about anything. So the only problem that I had was when um he said me and Kobe combined for 82. And he said it right after Kobe got enshrined in the Hall of Fame. And I'm like, bro, that's bad timing, bro. This is this is about Kobe. We know we celebrating Kobe in the Hall of Fame. And you like, yep, me and Kobe combined for 82. See a screen I'm sitting? I was setting them screens. <laughs> but the crazy thing is he wasn't wrong. Like, he wasn't wrong about anything. Look, I love Stephen A. Smith, but Stephen A. Smith could be hella wrong. I love Matt Barnes. Because Matt Barnes put his baby mama on child support and got full custody of the kids. Full custody. That's a man. That's rare. So that's why I like Matt Barnes. And he punched Derek Fisher. So I like Matt Barnes, but when he said Becky with the good hair, I was like, ooh, god dang. God dang, god dang. So I had to laugh at that. And then uh, he came out, uh, Steven Jackson. Uh, that's his name. I, I forgot his name. But he came from yeah. him too. And uh, when we came out, uh, he was talking about um, when Steven Jackson um, joined on the Black Lives Matter protest, um, George Floyd. I mean, I mean, dang, he ain't got to go there because that's like a very sensitive topic. And um, and that's, that affects all of us, including us in this podcast. So I don't think he should have gone there. But when um, he, Carmen Brown did have a good point. He came in 18 years old, bought his mom a house and made millions of dollars. He's not a loser. I mean, he, yeah, he's a bust because he was the number one draft pick but he, he's not no loser now he, he ain't a loser a loser is somebody that don't got their life together don't got a job don't have a plan in life and just it just vibing don't care but Kwame he had a plan and he fulfilled that plan I mean yeah he wasn't the star player or he didn't live up to the expectation of the number one draft pick but I'm not, but but Kwame should live up to his own standards, to his own life. He shouldn't live up to the media or the expert standards. He should live up to his own standards. And I, I think Kwame is like starting to realize that now instead of being quiet and being upset for the past 20 years. Like, bro, do you know how hard it is to stay quiet for 20 years? Nah, that couldn't be me. I, I would have went off immediately. So props to Kwame for keeping his calm. And I'm glad the world pissed him off at the right time, man, because I needed some I needed some comedy. And Kwame just Kwame just exposing everybody. Like he hasn't lied not once. Not like a couple of times. Like, yeah, things might have been a little insensitive at certain points, but he hadn't lied a single point. Not not once. Not once. And you know, like the whole thing about him being a bust, okay. I've called Kwame Brown a bust. I still stand by that. But in his like, I, I think he said it himself, like he can't really be considered a bust all the way because he made it to the pros. So in that in that regard, like I, I definitely am behind him with that. Like, I mean, he was the number one pick, and you know, a lot of things weren't really his fault. You know, he got bullied, so that did a lot to his self-confidence. So I definitely think that was a factor. Like everybody knew from the get-go that Mike did not want Kwame. Like, I think the report came out that, um, I think Kwame said it himself in an interview that Mike only drafted Kwame to trade for Elton Brand. 
but the trade didn't go through. And that's basically how that all started. So Kwame, please continue doing what you're doing. You are doing great work. You are making me laugh. You are exposing basketball clowns. And I, I love it. I love it. Keep talking that talk. Keep bringing the smoke because nobody else wants it with you. Keep, just, just keep going at it. And again, thank you for that shout out to the city. I love that. I love that. Thank you for the shout out, Detroit. We need that. So we 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 all behind you now. But that will bring it to you know to the end of our NBA side of the conversation and moving to the WNBA. And this has to be the first topic. We have to talk about Sabrina Ionescu. Absolutely have to. That woman, for as young as she is, is balling. And I, I just, Lord, let me, let me pull up the stats for Sabrina, man. She is right now averaging 18 points, seven boards, eight assists. Now she's only shooting 38% from the field, but she's shooting 40, 48% from three, 92% from the line. The first game of the season, her first game back, she hits a game winner. Then a couple nights later, 26 point triple double. And I think what she was the first in New York Liberty history and only like the 10th WNBA player overall to do something like that. That girl's been balling and she's not even the best player on her team because Benasha Laney is averaging 23 a game on 55 and 55 5% in splits, bro. So Sabrina, props to you. Um, They currently have a three and one record. I believe that. Yep, they yep they're three and one. They're playing very very well. I'm happy for Sabrina because she only played three games last season. So keep doing what you're doing. Do you matter of fact, was she qualified for rookie of the year, or since she only played three games last year? Yeah, because she played. Okay, so she she hiking might be rookie of the year. Now that game they did lose. They did get. Smacked by the Mystics, but Tina Charles had 34, and you know, Ario Atkins had 25. But you know, that's that's the only hiccup they've really had. Um, they lost by nearly 30, but it's okay. Um, it's okay, but Sabrina is about to go off. <laughs> but I, I didn't excited John now, so. Talk to me about Sabrina Ionescu. Now, on Friday, the Liberty played the Mystics. Sabrina was very frustrated. You can tell by her body language. She was very frustrated. Her shots wasn't going in. Def- uh, the Mystics defense was too much for her to handle. Uh, bad floaters. Floaters weren't going in. And... Um, but Nigel Laney was carrying the team. She was carrying the team. She she was showing up in the first half, had 16 points in the second quarter, 18 points in the first half. But the second half, she was shut down, only had two points in the second half, had a total of 20 points. The Mystics defense, they stepped up in the second half. They stepped up, and they shut down Sabrina. They shut her down. They She was very frustrated, and – Max Kellerman said she's going to have as many triple doubles as many games this season. 
if other teams have a defense like the Mystics, I don't see any more triple doubles happening more than 18 triple doubles this season. Mm -hmm. So if Sabrina comes with a, a rebuttal or a counter argument against the Mystics defense later on in the season, I think she'll be fine. I think she'll give buckets as she always does. But if this keeps on happening, then I don't know. But also, you got to remember, the Liberty played Indiana Fever twice. Indiana Fever, they're 0-4 right now. Plus, they didn't even qualify for the playoffs the last three, four seasons. So, I'm, I mean, you, you got to think about, like, the situation going on. So, I think those two games, the Liberty won against Beaver. I mean, they were well-deserved wins, but you also got to realize they got to play tougher, tougher competition. Right now, the Liberty are playing against Chicago Sky, who are projected to win the championship. And their Chicago Sky, they're looking really good. They beat the Mystics by 16 uh, on the season opener, and they, they look really well. Courtney Vandersloot, Allie Quigley, Candace Parker, Kalea Copper, Diamond Shields, they all look great. So I think Sabrina can recover from the game on Friday, and I hope she plays well today against the Chicago Sky. Ooh, that 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 sounds like some bias. That sounds like some Washington Mystics bias. But David, what do you think about Sabrina? Yeah, I I agree. Um, because that Washington performance was her worst yeah, shooting percentage for pretty much all, I think that's her worst performance of the whole season. Um, but she, she's showing what could have been last year. Uh, but at the same time, you can definitely see the rust of not playing in the league yet. Um, she leads the league in turnovers right now with 17 in through four games. So that's definitely something that needs to be – she needs to polish it up if they really plan on – trying to make a deep run and like Jonathan said, the who they've played so far, Washington was really their first real test and she folded. But I mean, granted it's only the fourth game in the season, but like you said, you know, we'll have to see a little bit. Um, probably by closer to halfway to see if this is really gonna be a consistent uh, I think she'll always be a consistent uh, performer, but it's really just seeing what level she's going to do this season. So, yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm excited for her potential. Uh, Jalen, you got, you got any thoughts about Sabrina? Yeah, I, that's usually your topic. I know she had like a triple-double like a few days ago, but I, I don't know. I just know she's like a walking triple-double just about. That's all I know for real. I stopped watching her because she got drafted. Sorry, Kobe, but yeah. So that's y'all topic. I'll let y'all have that one. Um, all right, we're gonna move on to another topic. We didn't I didn't even put this in the original list of topics, but I gotta talk about this. Um so I remember in the very first episode I said strictly that I have no idea who plays for the Connecticut Sun, so I just assume that, oh well, I guess they're just gonna be one of those teams that's just there. But as I speak, they're currently the best team in the entire WNBA with the 4-0 record. Um, I still don't know who's on the roster, but New York's been balling. 
Um, so to the Connecticut Sun and your fan base, I do apologize. Um, again, I, I still don't know who's on the team, but for y'all to be playing this well just means that I I told y'all I was a casual coming in and becoming a real fan this season. So yeah, um, that's embarrassing. I, I, I said they were going to be mediocre and they're the best team in the league. Uh, not my best moments, but uh, wow. Uh, but Damon and John, y'all can y'all can pick that up because I know y'all know about Connecticut. So that's between y'all two. I mean, Dewana Bonner. Or, Dewana, <laughs> that's it. That's the tweet, Dewana Bonner. Um, she's playing at a very high level along with John Quell Jones. Um, they have, I think they have five or six players averaging over 10 points and shooting at least 40%. And they, they look dominant. I remember watching them in that first game and they have size. They were just physically, I think they played, I think they played the dream in their first game and their size, they were literally just bullying them in the paint. And I think John Quell is averaging around. I'm assuming I'm, I want to say it's probably it has to be between eight and ten because their size and their physicality is just dominating in most games. Um, John, you probably take it from here. All right. So the Connecticut Sun right now they're four and zero, number one in the league right now. And Connecticut they had two very impressive wins against the Phoenix Mercury. Um, they beat the Phoenix Mercury the first time by eight. And the second time they beat them, they beat them by 17. And Phoenix Mercury, they're a very solid team. They're very solid with Diane Taurasi, Scarlett Dickens-Smith, Brittany Griner, Shea Petty. They're a very solid team. So, and the fact that Connecticut, who have John Quell Jones, DeWanna Bauer, uh, Jasmine Thomas, Natasha Hyman, and um, Brianna Jones, and Brianna Janeway, Connecticut Sun is a very legit team they're the team in the playoffs you don't want to play against because they're looking they're looking for revenge this year okay they went to the finals in 2019 and they lost the five games then they played in the then they somehow got in the semifinals last year in the, in the wobble and they lost so this year they're, they're looking to win the title and that should be their goal, and that's probably is their goal. So I'm not surprised Connecticut is coming out here bullying their opponents and just winning games with five players averaging in double digits. John Quell Jones, she's hungry for a title. Okay, she's she's very underrated. She was underrated in college. Now she's underrated in the WNBA. She's she wants a ring. She wants everyone to know who she is. She is John Quell Jones, aka JJ. And she, she's going to go all out this year. So if I'm going to pick an MVP, MVP candidate, it's John Quill Jones. Um, you did mention this team a little bit earlier, but speaking of the Phoenix Mercury, um, thoughts on this big three? Um, I mean, Skyler, Diana, and Brittany, they're – Combined scoring about 45 a game, which is decent. Um, Phoenix has a two and two record right now. Um, 
So I I, I don't really know if um, Skyler. Well, I mean, Sky was the leading scorer on the team, but I I don't know. Um, I had high hopes, but I mean, I know it's only been four games of the season, but they've been pretty mid as a team. Again, they they just I'm disappointed. Um, I I thought they'd be one of the better teams. You know that that big three. I had a lot of hope in because I mean. Sky Diggs always been one of my favorite point guards. Diana Taurasi, that's most people's goats. And then, I mean, Brittany Griner, 6'9". You know, there there's, have not been many WNBA players that have dunked the basketball. And she's done it multiple times. And she scares me because she's so freakishly tall and athletic. So I had hope that they'd at least be like, you know, one of the top three teams in the league. And right now they're, they're just sitting at 500. So we have to see, but I know, I know Jalen was really excited for this big three. So what, what do you think about this right now? I watched the um, last game that they played. I personally, I like the big three, but this is my, it's a hot take. It's a very hot take. The big three only works if Skylar Biggins plays better. Or not better, but like she fits. Cause I feel like Di- like Diana Taurasi, you're gonna get what you get from her, even though she's like 40 almost. And Brittany, well, whatever, yeah, Brittany Griner, whatever she does, like it's Brittany Griner. But I feel like Skylar Diggins has to be consistent to make the big three work because that's been an issue in her career. And not always her fault, but I just I like it. I just need her to stay consistent and stay healthy, and I think they'll be a threat. I don't think they're gonna win the championship. I don't know about that because I don't know who's like really good in the WNBA, you know, anymore. But it'd be cool to see if they did though. Uh, Damon, what do you think about Phoenix's big three? Yeah, since we're only four games, and it's tough to really say like if I think the team's gonna be like super good or not. Um, and it's obviously, and since it's a newer with Skylar Diggins coming, that Skylar Diggins Smith coming in, it's kind of a new dynamic. But I think it's going to take probably a couple more games to kind of get everybody on the same page. But I think it's more so they're kind of they're having inconsistent shooting from uh, from the three point from the three point line because I think two out of four games they've shot under twenty five percent from three. Uh, I know their last game that they just lost to the Sun, they shot 20%. Um, and obviously, that's not going to get the job done. So I think if they just get more consistent shooting from – and I think also getting getting better help from the other options that they have because um, I think they all three of them average about 14 a game. They're just over. Uh, and they have a couple people. And so I think Kia Nurse and Brianna Turner both average about eight. So I think just getting the people around them also involved, I think will kind of spread the options out and make everybody a little bit more efficient. All right. Uh, John, what do you think about this big three so far? Uh, to tell you the truth, I like the big three. Uh, I like them because not many WNBA teams have a big three core that they can rely on that are really good, such as a legend like Diane Taurasi, uh, future Hall of Famer, such as 
Brittany Griner and Skylar Diggins-Smith, who's a very excellent point guard. That's the left-hander. And Skylar Diggins averaging 16 points per game. Down in Tarasi averaging 15. Brittany Griner averaging 13. That's great. But we got to get help from the bench. We got to get help from Brianna Turner. Brianna, Tor- Brianna Turner, very consistent scorer, very dominant in the post when she has the hot hand. So I think we should get more efficient with her with the ball in the post, uh, make her average more than double figures. And also with Kia Nurse. Kia Nurse, very smart player, very from, from UConn, very smart player, used that UConn connection with uh, Diana Tarasi and Kia Nurse, used that connection together, and then boom. Boom. I think she can average double figures too. Shea Petty and Sophie Cunningham and Megan Walker coming off the bench. I believe they can have a very dominant. They have a very dominant role coming off the bench, help the team, uh, help the team defensively when they're on a struggle. So I believe that those players on the bench are very, very instrumental towards the team. Definitely. See, I'm, I'm like I said that the big three so far, like that this era has been mid, but again, like it has only been four games. So all we can say is we'll see. You know, I definitely do have hope for this team, but again, we'll see. We're only four games in. But moving on to our last topic of the WNBA portion. And I'm 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 very excited to talk about this. I think we officially have a brand new WNBA rivalry between this loss. And ooh, not Angeles, Las Vegas Aces in the Seattle Storm. And, you know, of course, people are going to say, oh, well, wasn't it already a rivalry? They had a finals matchup. Just because you matched up in the finals don't mean it's a rivalry. Like, I'm sorry, Toronto, the, the Golden State Warriors and Toronto Raptors are not a rivalry by any means. But just looking at the two games that they've played in so far, they played each other two times in a row. The first game, Seattle won by 14. The second game, the Aces won by 16. The Aces have six players averaging double figures right now. Asia Wilson, who is a potential MVP candidate, averaging 19. Jackie Young averaging 16. Liz Cambage averaging 15 and 7. We have Chelsea Gray averaging 12. Derrica Hamby averaging 10. And Kelsey Plum averaging 10 as well. For Seattle, they're not really having those exact same numbers, but I mean, Brianna Stewart and Jewel Lloyd alone are averaging borderline 50. And Jordan Canada is averaging 10. And she's a great defender. I think we have a rivalry for the future. And I'm I'm very excited to see more and more games. I want to see another finals rematch between these two teams. I would love to see that. Because now that they have all their, their pieces back, everybody's healthy. This should be, it could possibly be one of the most competitive WNBA finals matchups ever. I'm I'm excited. I'm so excited. I'm I love what I've seen so far because both of these games have been split and they weren't necessarily close games. They were borderline twenty point blowouts, borderline. So I'm I'm very very excited for this. I'm 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 happy to see that the Aces are healthy and back, and I'm just glad to see Brianna Stewart and Jewel Lawyer still blowing like usual. But uh, let's see. John, what do you do you think we have a brand new rivalry on our hands? I don't think it's a rivalry. I mean, it does have potential to be a rivalry, but it's not a rivalry. There there isn't any trash off. There isn't any fighting. It's just Seattle won 
Seattle swept uh, Vegas last year in the finals. And there hasn't been any close games. Like, Seattle won the finals by, like, more than, what, 10 points each game. And now they went back and forth, and they beat each other by more than 10 points. So it's really not a rivalry. It's just a game where there's just an obvious winner in the competition. Yeah, but I, I see that. I see that standpoint because you know it's too early to say it's an official rivalry, but I definitely do see the potential there. But Damon, what do you think? I agree. I think it's two very good teams playing each other right now. They, I was gonna say, there's no real like animosity between the two. Seattle swept them. Um, Seattle, I I had a feeling Seattle would win their first matchup just because. Um, Cam Beige and they weren't a lot of people didn't play last season and they just lost uh, Angel so I wasn't expecting them to win and Seattle had a bad shooting game against them the second time so I think yeah maybe but probably I think it's just two good teams playing each other Uh, Jalen Running back one more time, bro. I was trying to get this Wi-Fi together. Running back, what you just what the question was? Are you, do you think um the Storm and the Aces are potentially going to be a new rivalry for the WNBA? I think so. I did. Wait a minute, that's the game we were talking about like last week, right? And I think yeah. Vegas Vegas yeah. won that game, didn't they? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Because I was wrong. I, I for sure picked, I didn't pick Vegas to win that. But I think it'd be a good rivalry for the league. I don't really know what the rivalries are in the WNBA. But I think as time goes on, because of the, like, the young players they have on those teams, and just to start, like, it's Vegas. You said Seattle, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, like, I don't know if she's the best player in the NBA. Now, is she is Brianna Stewart still the best player in the NBA or WNBA? Or uh, is that just your bias? <laughs> it's, it's kind of a toss-up. Because, I mean, like, Brianna Stewart is up there. Asia Wilson is Yeah, up and they there. both play for Seattle and Vegas, right? Yeah. Okay, yeah. So, that'd be cool. It'd be like a little, yeah, best player one and two type of thing. I think that'll work. Yeah, if it if it does become a rivalry, that that's that's going to be top tier for sure. Like, that finals rematch, if they, ha- if they actually have it and <clears throat> Vegas is fully healthy this year, that's that's gonna be a tough series for sure, for sure. But that is going to bring us to the end of the WNBA portion. Now moving on to wrestling, and I'm I'm gonna let Damon start this one off because he's he's been pissed about this for a while. Um, NXT call ups that were doomed from the start. <laughs> yeah, man, I've been thinking about this all week, bro. Um. So I I love NXT. I've been watching NXT since they turned it from into like an actual brand. And it's just, it just really, it hurts my heart to see when they just, they pull them up with no direction and it just goes downhill. And I think that NXT was cursed with not having a second title to start because they've literally had so many good people come through. But like, not a, there's there's everybody just trying to get the title, so there's not really like a mid card per se. 
but I think the two that immediately come to mind is Apollo Crews and EC3. Apollo Crews, he had a pretty decent following coming from the independents. He comes in, he does one takeover match with little to no buildup, and then they just sent him up. Like, he didn't even – he did nothing in NXT. He literally had one match, had kind of a squash match, and then just left. And they just were like – they kind of brought him up there. And that's why he just kind of dudded in 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 the major – or not the major <laughs> – on the main card because he he doesn't, he doesn't had no personality to him because they didn't even try to develop him. He just got sent right up. Um, so I think that kind of – screwed him up because I'm not everybody deserves to be a main eventer per se but like he had at least a he could have had a better chance to at least be a more of a champion up until now and then for EC3 I don't know what happened they brought him in and he was another one where it's like he had a couple matches but he had no title shots at all he lost in like one of the latter matches he never got any title shots he got to talk a couple times then they sent him up, and he did nothing. <laughs> so I don't know who wants to pick up next. Yeah, um, mine with one of mine was EC three two dog because I mean look like even when nobody was watching TNA, EC three made it watchable. So when he came back, I'm like, okay, well they're gonna actually do something with them, and then all of a sudden he just disappeared and he was just silent and he's literally known for his mouth. So I, I, I didn't understand that. Um, somebody who was doing from the start, okay, he getting a little bit of a push, so I can't really say that too much, but Shinsuke Nakamura. Yes. That, look, yes. that, that whole... <sighs> Dog, like Shinsuke is legit one of the best wrestlers in the company. And then, you know, they build him up and we get AJ versus Shinsuke at WrestleMania. We thinking it's going to be cool. And then he hits him in the nuts and becomes a heel. And why? Why? Why did what John says this all the time? What are we doing? What are we doing? I, I just don't. I don't. I don't get it. He, he was going to do so well. He should. He's only been. He's only had mid-card titles. Like Shinsuke should have been a world champion. Um, I, I don't I don't understand. Uh somebody else that I can just think of, like somebody recent, is definitely Damian Priest. He did not deserve to be around zombies. Um Punishment Martinez, top tier. And you get him to the main roster, and you know he had that great match with, with Bad Bunny. And now he's fighting off zombies. And then, dude, I just had the name off the tip of my head. So I forgot it that quickly. But yeah, you, we we can come back to me for that one. But John, who are Nate? Who are your NXT callers that were doing from the start? So I don't know if y'all remember this tag team, but remember the Ascension? <laughs> I was thinking about them. I that was one of the people I was thinking of. I was like, y'all remember them? I, yeah, I definitely remember yeah. them. Yeah, because I remember Yo. before they were called up, 
everybody was hyping up their call up and they're gonna make their main roster debut. <laughs> and when they made the debut, they got a huge pop in the crowd. They were like, Oh, the Ascension's here. I wasn't. They're gonna uh, help us beat the authority. And they were just squashed. Like it was just squash match. Every match they were in, squash match. It was just bad. It was just ugh. And another team I would have to say was doomed was uh, the revival. I would have to say they were doomed because bro, when they had them sleeping their backs in the shower, I was like, yeah, they're gone. They're gone, bro. Like, bro, look what FCR doing at AEW. Just look at them. They're one of the best tag teams in the world. And this is what they're getting. Oozy hot. But I, I just remember. I just remember who my last dude is. And I low-key might get pissed when I talk about this. Dominic Dijakovic. This man was putting on bangers with Keith Lee. And... <sighs> They bring him up, of course, you know, it's a Monday Night Raw. Of course, this is what it was going to happen. And they come up with this stupid group called Retribution. And they repackage him as a dude with face paint and a mask and call him T-Bag. I refuse to call this man T-Bar. That is T-Bag. This... Why did this happen? I I can't even explain how upset I am because there aren't words. This man should be putting on bangers on SmackDown, but he's not because he's in a tag team wearing face paint and is named T-Bag. I I don't to say that was they was he was doing from the start. And to say that they have ruined him is an understatement, dog. Like, they never even gave him a chance. Like, that man was putting on some of the best matches in NXT. Like, him and Keith Lee, every single time they had a match, tore the house down. Like, that man's too big. And they just teabag. But, Jalen, did you have any? I, I just don't like WWE. The Ascension, I actually liked them, though, for like a good like week and a half. And then it's just like whoever was doing their storylines were just like, it got boring. So I started to think the revival. It's just all, all these new tag teams or factions that come out never get pushed right. So, and it's just not even with those. Like, it's solo, like, you know, singles wrestlers, too. Like, uh, what's the guy that I like, man? Damian Priest, I don't really know much about him but from what i hear he has a lot of upside from backstage yeah. um keith lee i know why he's not getting pushed that's just common sense at this point i'm not gonna say it on air but yeah you 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 get what i'm saying so because he was supposed to be uh was it was it rest was it the rumble i mean it was something that happened and he didn't he was you know in covid protocols and then he just never got that push again but i just don't know if they're the writers or the, the whoever's doing this stuff backstage 
it's like they're stuck in a different what's era, I guess you can say. And I don't feel like they know what the fans want. And I think they stopped listening to the fans a long time ago. Like a good five or so, six years, maybe, because nothing goes right anymore. And I, I mean nothing. Every storyline is, you know, terrible. Like, I know this is like not like, you know, by the ascension and the revival and Keith Lee, but just look at how AJ Styles is right now. He's like an undercarded rep. Like who who he's with that big dude? Like who who is that? Like he's with that big bodyguard. And it's just like it's AJ Styles, man. So I like I don't really know what WWE's direction is with like certain groups, but it's just not in the best interest of the fans, I guess. Yeah. Um there was another WWE topic, but for the sake of sanity, I have decided that we are not going to talk about what happened at Backlash because, I mean, it was a decent show. Like, you know, the matches were good and all, but there's it's just one thing that happened that ruined everything. But actually, you know what? I ain't even going to talk about show. I'm going to talk about this. So we had Damian Priest versus... The Miz in a lumberjack match, and everybody knew this was going to be garbage. But what happened on this show, I can't even fully put into words. So Batista got this new, mo- new movie coming out called Army of the Dead or something like that, and it's it's a zombie apocalypse movie. So for those of you that didn't watch Backlash and didn't see this, and you you know where I'm going with this. I'm sorry I have to say this out loud. But the Lumberjacks were zombies. Um, I don't know what that was. I, I, I can't even... See, I'll be trying to defend WWE when they do stuff like this, but, bro, they had zombies. <laughs> like... I, like in a world where kayfabe is literally dead and like they don't even do supernatural stuff unless it's Undertaker and they had zombies like you know e- even in the cinematic matches stuff was real like well except the fiend but we we don't talk about that match that 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 match with John Cena was absolute garbage I'm sorry but um really zombies Really, that that's the best we could do. And then, like you, you have another, you have a rematch of you have another lumberjack match, and the star is Nikki Cross, and I love Nikki Cross and all, but why couldn't we have done this at Backlash? We had zombies, bro. Like the last time there was a zombie in wrestling, it was in WWE CW, and that should tell you all you need to know about that. But um. Unfortunately, the Miz tore his ACL during the match. So in an unplanned finish, after Damian Priest won, Damian Priest left the ring, and the zombies got in the ring and ate the Miz. Uh, You know, I get, you know, he had a torn ACL, so they had to do something, but, like, this was just the most unnecessary thing I've ever seen in wrestling. But like Chris Jericho was like, that just set wrestling back 30 years. And no cap, I'm okay feel like that, bro. Cause I don't know what I I'm sitting here just looking at it and I'm sitting like, 
there's no way this is actually happening. But do any of y'all have any thoughts about this zombie apocalypse abomination? I don't know why they just didn't make it a regular one-on-one with him in the Miz. Like that would have been perfectly fine. I don't think the the match didn't even need like a a stipulation at all. Because at the end of the day, wherever y'all knew that Damian Priest was getting like put over to like start building him up, so I'm not sure why we needed to make this zombie match. Like they could have just easily just had the advertisements between each match, like they did anyway, instead of putting a bunch of zombies that they're fighting off while they're trying to fight each other. Um, so, yeah. And that's the other part. Because the middle of the match, they're not even getting attacked by zombies. They get out the ring, and then Damian Priest and Miz just decide, hey, let's fight off the zombies that aren't even attacking us. Was this Bruce Pritchard's idea? And I've... <sighs> This is Vince Russo levels of bad. Or worse. This <laughs> but John, did, did did you have any thoughts about this? Uh I, I don't even know what to call it. <laughs> Man, um Jerry the truth. When I saw this on Twitter, I was like, no way to have zombies as the number chats. Like, no way. Like, imagine you've been a wrestling fan, right? You take a break from it. Take a break. You decide, you know what? I'm going to come back. I'm going to come back into it. I'm going to watch it again, you know? Have some time. You watch it. What in the world creative thinking? What are they? They really sat there, wrote it down, and was in said it out loud to Vince McMahon and said, this is it. This is it. We're going to do it. And they did it. You know how freaking flabbergasting that is? Zombies, you could have used the one-on-one match or an extreme rules match or whatever y'all do. Or just have an actual lumberjacks with the people on the roster so you can have TV time. What are we doing? See, yeah, that that's um, I don't I don't either, but that's why we're not gonna talk about the rest of the show. Um, I mean, the rest of the show was good. Um, I mean, Braun Strowman almost died, but you know, who cares at this point? I mean, it's Braun Strowman. I mean, I'm glad he's okay. So now that he's okay, I can tell him he still sucks. But you know, um, everything else went well, but zombies happened and just killed the whole vibe of the show. So I'm not even going to waste time putting any energy or effort into bashing WWE today. I've already done it enough just in the the time that we've had already. So I'm, I'm, I'm done talking about this company for the day. But moving on to our last topic and another company, thank God, we are going to talk about the good, the bad, and the downright ugly of AEW so far. So... John, tell tell me about the, the the good thus far with AEW. WWE, that's the good about it. Shoot, it's something creative, non PG, 
more violent, more fun, in my opinion. I mean, that's the good for me. Uh, what about you, David? Uh, the good for me really is um, the tag team wrestling. I enjoy tag team res- wrestling a lot, and WWE has shown no effort to make any of their um, tag team divisions watchable. So I think to start bef- up until this Young Bucks run, they've had a lot of diverse. They have a like a huge tag team roster, so it's like a lot of fun seeing different teams that people that you don't necessarily see all the time. Yeah, um, we I'm I'm gonna get on the Young Bucks in a little bit, but I mean I agree the tag team division has been smooth. Like they have a bunch of good teams. Like uh, I really do like the acclaim. Um, Everybody was saying like, oh well, Max Caster is just a black version of John Cena. He's he's actually like taking it and made it his own. Um, he said some very controversial things. Um, we got a new team with Moxley and Kingston, and hopefully they, AW has decided to have them beat the Young Bucks. But we we can only see what'll happen at a double or nothing. Um, they have some great great teams. Um, with moving to the bad. This women's division. Um, for for some for Kenny Omega to say like he loves women and he's gonna push for women's wrestling, like this roster, I mean they have a good roster now, like it's definitely improved, but it sucked. For one, the belt itself is terrible because that belt is so small. Like I don't, I don't know who was in charge of the design of that belt, but I mean, I, I it looked good on Riho, you know, because she's like seventy two pounds, no disrespect. But you get it on Nyla Rose, and it literally looks like a prop. And then Sheeta, I mean, it looks decent on her, but it's still like, dude, that 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 belt is about the size of a, a potato chip. Real talk. Like I don't I don't understand who was in charge of the design, but they need to be fired. But a lot of the women's matches have been mediocre. Um again, they've gotten better. Like they got Britt Baker, Jay Cargill, Red Velvet, all these other outstanding women. Oh yeah, and Serena D too. Serena that woman is ridiculously good at wrestling. But for me that 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 has to be the bad thus far. But Damon, what what would you say has been the bad of the company thus far? Um, I was gonna say I've been I've been teetering if I would say if it was bad or downright ugly for the women's division. I think I'm gonna say just bad for for the sake of the potential of it. But I think what's bad for me is I don't know the the T and I, I I'm hoping I'm really hoping that the with Miro as champion and kind of the mid card per se for that championship gets better because I I just haven't been that invested in it. Um, And honestly, like, even though Cody was a champion at first, like I liked that he did like the open challenge thing where like some of the, like the newer wrestler or not newer, but like younger wrestlers got to come try for it. And Darby Allen, he just didn't do it for me, and I'm hoping Miro would be better. Um, 
and now I was just saying, yeah, so that's probably my bad. Yeah, I honestly, honestly, I should have put that in the. I honestly would put that in the good tier, but just not the recent reign. Because I mean, Cody, like he introduced us to. Well, I didn't like Warhorse, so um, to the diehard indie fans, I'm sorry, but I I just wasn't rocking with it. But I mean, we got Ricky Starks, Eddie Kingston, all these other guys. And then, I mean, Brody Lee, the greatest TNT champion of all time. Rest his, God rest his soul. Um, Darby Allen just didn't do it for me at all. Um, he won everything with a roll-up. That's, that's the most overused thing in wrestling, and he just kept doing it. So I'm glad he lost. So, you know, one bad reign. I, I keep it in the good. But, John, what would you say has been part of the ugly? I mean, not ugly, the bad. The bad, I would have to say, like, um, the women division, the women division is not getting, like, enough creativity. Uh, for example, there hasn't, like, many, like, two storylines, like, going on at, like, one side with the women's division. So you have, like, the Britt Baker and Thunder Rosa rivalry. But we could also add like a little more like Jay Cargill versus Red Velvet. And those like those rivalries can establish a good division. Not the best division, but a good division. And that can like develop their in-ring work or their character work just as delivering promos. And also like they need more time on TV. I'm not saying take up the whole time. I'm like, give them like a little more than five minutes. Give them 10 minutes. You know, like give them a 10 minute match so it could be like, okay, people are actually going to watch the show. Okay, we have women wrestlers that are also talented too and can compete against WWE. So I think that's the bad right there. Yeah, they they need some storylines badly. Because I mean, Britt Baker, she's she's been the only one really getting storylines, honestly. And then everything else is just a, it's just a match on Dynamite. But moving on to the ugly of AEW, and this is this is about to ruffle some feathers when I say this, so <clears throat> just just be prepared. Um, I know the company is all elite wrestling, but the ugly part of AEW is the elite, <sighs> and not the entire elite, just three members in particular. Um. Y'all hear me talk about him a lot. Um, Kenny, the most overrated wrestler in wrestling, Omega, and the Young Bucks. Um, they're not that good. I mean, they're they're good wrestlers and all, but like y'all be saying, everybody like Kenny's the best wrestler. No, he's not. His name's not AJ Styles. I'm sorry. The Young Bucks are not the best team in the world. I don't know who is, but it's not the Young Bucks. They're overrated. They do the same super kick Canadian destroyer combos every single match. And I'm sick and tired of it. I don't know who told. I know that they're, you know, the book. I don't know why they're bookers because they shouldn't be champions. I mean, Kenny as world champion, of course, that happens. That has to work. But um, why are they talking? Who gave them a microphone? Who told them to go out and cut promos? Because they cannot talk to save their lives. Don Callis has been saving them. And they still talk more than Don Callis. Like, look at look at Paul Heyman and Roman. 
and I, I wish Jalen was on here to hear me say this, but look, when it comes to Paul Heyman, Paul Heyman does the majority of the talking. And when Roman talks, he says something like that he can't mess up. And that's the end of it. But the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega are cutting 15-minute promos. And speaking of 15-minute promos, bro, Cody Rhodes, I love you. But dude, for the love of God, you and this stupid little get a whole 45-minute entrance for God knows why. Like, he's the only person getting this type of entrance. Like, Kenny don't even do his little big big thing no more. And it's only Cody. And then he comes out, and he cuts a promo, and it look like he's about to cry every single time. So, A.W., for double or nothing, please let Anthony Gogo knock this man out. Please. Please, for the love of God, I'm I'm sick and tired. The only member of the elite that I'm actually, like, 100% cool with is Hangman. Because Hangman can do no wrong at this point. And speaking of Hangman, I know he got to be Kenny Omega. But please, after Hangman wins, please let him lose the belt to Christian Cage. He has to. He has to. I'm sorry. But I'm just sick and tired of the elite just all over the screen. And it's like... They wanted to be different with this, and it's not different. It's literally the exact same stuff WWE used to be doing when they had the authority on everything. And it's just like, and a lot of these matches are repetitive too, man. Like, these tag team matches, I mean, the tag team division is good, but it's certain tag teams I can't just, I just can't vibe with, man. Like, again, the Young Bucks, and I know Damon's not gonna like this, but I'm really not vibing with Jurassic Express. Um, Luchasaurus, I just can't. I I can't, bro. Like I, I I just can't. And then like, y'all y'all know spots look like they help each other with the move. That has always pissed me off. Like always, like you know certain moves you can get away. Like the Canadian Destroyer. I mean, it looks great. But then when you got dudes like you got like ten dudes standing outside the ring and they not even fighting. Like they just standing there waiting to catch the dude who's standing on the top rope. Like what is that doing for anybody? Like I'm, I'm, I sound so calm, but I'm actually legitimately pissed because it ruins the matches. Like everybody be like, "Oh, they be putting on five star bangers every single week." No, they don't. No, they do not. Most of those tag team matches that you're talking about have been absolute trash. There's botches everywhere. They're not being safe. They don't sell. Like I don't. <sighs> Kenny, Matt, Nick, lose the titles. Just, just, just give the titles off to somebody and like take a vacation, work on your get work on your promo skills, come back, and then maybe just exist for a while. Like just don't go after the titles. We we don't want to see you guys as champions anymore. Um, this whole thing with TNA has not been working because nobody from TNA has really come over except the Good Brothers. Like, I want to see Moose or somebody on the scenery, but they're not doing it for God knows why. So, you know what? Let me let me stop before I get ahead. John, what has been the ugly part of AW for you thus far? Um, the ugly part of the AEW my only ugly complaint when it was the death explosion match and um he said the ring was going to explode in 10 minutes 
and the ring exploded, but it was a botch. When I saw this match, I was like, how bad was the botch? It was awful. I was like, wait, 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 that's it? That's the explosion? Like, I couldn't believe, like, that was, that really exposed that AEW, if they don't get their shit together, how, how they go compete against WWE? How they go compete? Are you going to look like the XFL or the AAFL? Or you, you will actually compete? And that can we just can we just focus on the fact that this man said AEW might be like the XFL? I, 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 I about the XFL before COVID. I'm talking about the yo. first XFL. Because XFL, Shoot, both of them got canceled. <laughs> yo, look. That 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 whole deathmatch situation was hilarious though. Like, like because I remember I was watching it and I'm just sitting here waiting for the countdown. And I'm sitting here like, so it's just pyro. And I'm sitting here like, did I miss something? And I'm just like, so it was just pyro. And I'm just like, so. They just had this great match, and you killed the entire mood of not only the match but the show because the exploding ring was pyro. And I get it was a botch, I get it, but like that's embarrassing, man. That That's embarrassing. But Damon, you can end us off. What has been the ugliest part of AEW thus far, in your opinion? Yeah, so that the explosion thing made me think of something I think just happened a week or two ago when they did the uh, when they did like the war games and Chris Jericho fell off the thing and it was like he fell but in the camera pan it looked like cardboard with like the chains painted on it and that was hilarious and but I think the worst the a downright ugly for me would just be how the ranking system that they are using like it's like oh how wins and losses count but it's like they have like all these different shows like they have dynamite they got ae dark they have elevation i think it's called and then now they're about to have the other show but it's like you never see the people that are winning on these ae dark aw dark matches like getting up in the rankings to to get a title shot whether it's either one of them it's like you got all these people that you could be like exposing getting them more tv time but it's like if you look at the rankings every week it's the same five people but in a different order and there's like no storylines outside of whoever's going for the championship like there may people that don't like each other or like have bad blood but there's no storylines outside of the championship and i know jonathan mentioned that earlier with the women's division i was like they really don't outside of championship or whoever the number one contender is everybody just kind of fights 
there's like two main rivalries and Literally. then there's just a bunch of matches with no <laughs> they have no influence on anything. <laughs> yeah. And like I'm I'm very I'm fine if they decide to book exhibition matches. I'm perfectly fine with that because then we get people that like need to get on the show, just have a match. But then it's just like for the rest of them, okay, like what are we doing with these? Because we keep doing different versions of it. Like, what are we gonna do with it? When it comes to the rankings, the only person that they've actually done well with was Britt Baker. Like on the only one. Like she's the only one that's been getting storylines in the women's division. She's the only one whose rankings actually matter because she's been winning TV matches. Um she she's literally been the only one. So I because I like AEW. Like I I think that AEW is the second best wrestling show right now, but only beside only behind SmackDown. But there's definitely some things that have not gone right within the past. Like it's about to be two years now, so yeah. So it's been about two years. A lot of things definitely do need to change. Um, again, it's not a it's not a terrible show by any means, but there are a lot of times where the ugly can outweigh the good. Um, in regards to the whole Chris Jericho situation, I get it. <laughs> But at the same time, like, he's 50 years old. He don't need to be taking bumps like that anyway. It did look hilarious. But, I mean, dude, look at Sting. That that whole Seth Rollins thing, like, I don't blame Seth Rollins for that. But, like, one bad, one, one wrong move ended his career temporarily. And somehow Sting is actually wrestling again. But science, I science, I guess. I, I don't know. Um, I mean, Edge was able to come back. So, I mean, that helps Christian his comeback. Um, apparently, Paige is supposed to be trying to attempt to come back. So, hey, um, I guess science works. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. But <laughs> AEW is a great company. Um, very, very impressive thus far. And with a new show getting ready to come out, in August, I'm excited to see where they're going to go with it because I think we're going to finally get more people on TV who need to be on TV, thankfully. But let's see, because it, is it going to be on TNT or TBS? TBS, I believe. the Yeah, Friday, the Friday one is on TBS. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so... They they in good they're actually in good shape with that because honestly like I was confused about the move but TBS gets like a million more viewers than TNT so in retrospect I was confused about the move but it makes a lot of more sense because now they don't have to necessarily compete with the NBA and the NHL and movie slots as much so in retrospect it's actually a good move for them um. I have high hopes for AEW. I have high hopes that WWE will improve. Um, well, I just want Raw to improve. Can If we can do that first, that'll be great. But if that is all, that will bring us to the conclusion of this episode of Hoopplex. Thank you guys for listening. I We all appreciate the continued support, and we will see you guys next week.